0: This is the English Suite Podcast. I'm Jim Isch. On today's show, we feature the rock band Smart Barker and their brand new album, All the Rivers in Hades. Welcome to the English Suite. This is Jim And we're joined by two members of the band, Smart Barker, Mark Grable, and Dan Robinson. Welcome, gentlemen.
1: Thank you, Jim. Thanks, Jim.
0: Mark is a professor of English at at Widener, and you're also the uh, new director of the honors program in general education. Mm -hmm. Dan is a former English professor at Widener who has retired and moved on to uh, pursue his music career full-time. Yep. And... I thought for our listeners who may not be familiar with your your band, can you give us a little bit of history of the band? Because it's, it's kind of complex. And I think you've, you've been through name changes and all the rest of it. So who wants to take up the historical angle?
1: Well, we, we can break it up. I'm going to let Dan start.
0: Well, uh,
2: Mark and I started playing music together 25 years ago. Uh, When we were both in grad school at the University of South Carolina, we had a duo called Burton Ernie, but uh, spelled B-U-R-T-O-N Ernie, and uh, we did one gig, Mark, Mark,
0: didn't we? One
1: gig. It was an Oxfam, um, an Oxfam event, and we we were the entertainment.
0: Were you an acoustic duo? Or was it electric? Too?
1: Dan played acoustic and I played electric. Okay. That's right. Yeah. yeah.
2: And uh, but most of the time we just kind of sat over at Mark's place and made up funny songs. Some of them are still real gems that I go back to again and again. Well, and then and then I, I think I well I we we finished or you finished a, a year ahead of me. Or no, you finished a year ahead of me. I fi- finished yeah. a year ahead. So I i got a job at widener and then a couple years later mark got a job at widener as associate provost and we just decided to play again that's when we formed a milton and the devil's party and we did that for a while about 10 years we made three albums as milton and the devil's party nothing i mean we had kind of a uh a rise in popularity, local popularity. We, we were on a couple of different labels and then pretty much it just kind of uh, fizzled out. We got tired of people not understanding the name. People tended to think we were a heavy metal band or possibly Satanists. <laughs> um, or if they understood the literary reference, a lot of people just seemed to sort of resent it. <laughs> um, so I think at kind of our, our lowest point, uh, Mark and I decided to kind of rebrand and change the name. And so we became smart Barker and that name has some significance, but we're not going to talk about it.
1: Well, I, I will say Dan's right. There is a, there is a backstory, but I think the, the thing I like about the name is that it's, it's much more open to interpretation than Milton and the devil's party was. I, I think it rolls off the tongue better than Milton and the devil's party it's it got the, it's got the assonance exactly but you know it it's it's it it lends itself to pithy responses when you're asked to explain like i always the few people who have ever asked me I'd say it's 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 about it's it's a reference to my dog <laughs>
0: he's,
1: he's a he's a clever little fellow he's a clever pooch right um <laughs> But also, I, I think it fits us because I, I'd like to think that our lyrics tend to be on the intelligent side. And but and yet, you know, rock music is, you know, we're carnival barkers also. I mean, rock music is is uh, it's 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 not to be taken that seriously. But there are other other ways that you can spin the name. So I, I like the name.
2: I mean, the original name, Milton and Party, we, you know, I thought was a pretty hilarious joke and, and had multi layers of uh, uh humorousness to it but uh, mostly people didn't get it and it was also hard for to remember i mean you know there were many many shows where we played and the name was never presented correctly i think we were milton and the devil's family one time um <laughs>
1: We we did, I don't know if you remember this, Dan, but we we did want the name Milton originally, but we couldn't get it because some blue local blues guy already was known as Milton. So we realized that we could not pursue that. And so yeah, we went we went full on literary with it, you know, with the reference to Blake and then
0: I've always gotten the sense that your band has been in part about this blend of the literary and the rock music and it seems like your your new album which is why we're here at all is to celebrate the new release of your album all the rivers in hades it, it seems to be continuing that theme or your blend that you're weaving in some literary consciousness with your uh your your rock music
2: well i mean i, I think that songwriters write about their lives and and what they know and what they see and for us we we consume a lot of culture we consume a lot of literature and tv and music and um that's just part of our life and so it shows up in our lyrics just like you might write about your your grandmother or or your dog it's just a a part of our lives and we can't really leave it out and we we like it we like it when we spot you know, things in other people's songs uh, that we can connect with. And uh, so this is just what we, we do. I I think there is actually less literature on this album than previous ones, a lot more social, political, and, and other kind of pop culture stuff.
1: Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I, but, but I also think in some ways it's, it's, our most intertextual record, uh, because there's a lot of references to, well, you know, there, there are multiple references to the Smiths, which are I mean, a band that are a big influence on both Dan and me, and one of the things that we bonded over uh, way back in the Bert and Ernie days. And, but then there, there are all kinds of other, I'd like to think, interesting um you know strands of of culture, as Dan sa- says, of being being threaded in, and so yeah, it's the literary references are are you know maybe are a little bit and more in the background. Although all the rivers in Hades is you know, that's 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 pretty literary. Yeah,
0: it all sounds very organic to me. Nothing sounds forced or you know contrived in terms of like putting in those references at all you mentioned the smiths as an influence and i, I was going to ask you that was a band that came to mind as i was listening to the new album and i i also hear a lot of rem mm-hmm. I, I just that very strongly kind of getting that vibe but are there any other influences that you want to acknowledge
1: the rems probably my fault because <laughs> i mean i play like peter buck and i even you know Uh, almost all of these songs feature a black rickenbacker it's just like the one peter buck you know is famous for playing Um, i did i did have a we we made a couple of records with a great producer named brian mcteer and and i remember he he once said that peter buck plays a lot sloppier than i do and i've carried that with me ever since it's like i needed that to help me feel like i'm not just a Peter Buck rip off. Uh, So I think I'm a little more delicate than Peter Buck is, but
2: I mean, I think that uh, Peter Buck is kind of at the at the front of your cerebellum. (laughs) Um, But Johnny Marr, I think is is a kind of influence that adds a little bit of that refinement. But you're also Mark, you know, you are the guitarist that I have always wanted to have. So i encourage you to keep making those kinds of sounds
1: i, I i'm afraid i can't really do anything else <laughs> A one trick pony. And,
2: and plus you know as i'm the bass player so i mean if i started playing like rem's bass player nobody would recognize that as rem you know so i kind of think i mean i used to run away from the elvis costello comparisons and i don't think he's really a very relevant one but it our the sound of our band would be something like Uh, If Elvis Costello were backed by the Smiths instead of the Attractions, you know, because I I will add that as far as influences are concerned, Colin Molding from XTC, the bassist from XTC, was very much on my mind making this record because this was the first record that we made where I didn't have to worry about singing and playing bass at the same time you know we don't play out anymore um but our previous albums were all born out of pretty heavy duty gigging <laughs> at one point we were playing a couple of times a month which is heavy for us i had to consider you know can i play this and sing it at the same time but for this one i just said why bother so i i completely divorced my role as as lead singer from uh, my role as bassist and just did whatever i wanted to on bass and and i i thought a lot about colin molding as an influence
0: i'm glad you reminded me of xtc because i was thinking that as i was listening to your new album too i can hear xtc in there Absolutely. that's good thank you yeah, yeah. that makes um, us,
1: you probably have no idea how happy that makes both of us mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the new album and the songs and the themes. I One thing I liked about your new album was it feels like an album, like the songs really <laughs> cohere and the way they sequence from start to finish. It's not just a set of songs. It's a set of songs that seem to be very well stitched together. And there's thematically, there's a lot of consistency too. And mm-hmm. I get the feeling like, you're all not happy campers. Like, <laughs> I mean, look look at some of the song titles: "The Future Sucks," "World Weary," "Happy Planet," which is not so happy. That's right? another planet,
2: right? There's right. another planet that's the
0: happy planet. You're right. Not We're planet. not on that happy planet. Yeah. And that fascist feeling, lube up your guns, and so forth. So <laughs> you can kind of get the idea that like, all is not well in the. the the zeitgeist and i I feel like you're responding in these songs to the world that we live in like very much trump era and everything Mm -hmm. else that's been going on so i just thought when you were writing the songs and producing the songs for the album were you conscious of trying to make that kind of record or did it just kind of organically emerge like as one song followed another
2: well i'll 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 let mark talk more about the themes but i'll just say i'm i'm gratified to hear you say that it coheres because mark mark sequenced the songs and mark had a lot of um say in what songs fit this record um but this was also the first album i've ever produced and so you know i i tried to give it a sonic cohesion in terms of the kind of uh, sound design <laughs> of of the record.
1: You know, this is our pandemic record. Uh, although it's not about the pandemic, but it, you know, the pandemic is in the background. It's, uh, it's but 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 even though it's our pandemic record, it it these some of these songs uh, well predate the pandemic. I mean, the future sucks is from twenty seventeen. We're not alone is from that same uh, period blew up your guns also from that. So early Trump years. Then there was a kind of a hiatus, I think, uh, where we weren't doing a lot. And then the pandemic happened and we needed to do this right for our own sanity. This is the first record. So Dan said this is the first record he's produced. This is the first record where I wrote any songs. Um, I, I co-wrote uh, four songs. Uh, and World weary was really the one that I think kind of sparked the record. It, it was Pat Manley, who also has a wider connection. He's an English graduate, 1999, I believe. And I reached out to Pat with with some music and asked him if he would collaborate. And he immediately, like the next day, got back to me with this vocal hook. You know, world weary. Uh, and then later on sent me more lyrics and I added a few lyrics and, and uh, it, that really was the, the jet fuel that kind of uh, made the whole project then take off. Dan wrote Boomers in that same, you know, period, uh, kind of, I think, responding to what Pat and I were doing. I, and I wrote uh, That Fascist Feeling and sent it to Dan. And Dan added some very important words uh, to that song as well. So, so yeah, it is, some of the songs are pretty old and some of them are pretty new, but they did really all, they tell a story of a particular a period of time. And that's why the, the sequencing was really fun for me to do because as I was look, I mean, we we have a bunch of other songs that are that are still, you know, in various stages of completion. And it was really fun to take these newer songs and then to go back and look at what we already had and to to figure out how it would all go together. And the sequencing came together very I mean it was like a, a spark of inspiration for me to see how we would go from the future socks to well, originally it was the future sucks to Circa, which Circa is a really old song. And I'll let Dan talk about that. I mean, he Dan wrote Circa before I even met him. Um, yeah. But then the song, Another Hope was, was the very last one uh, yeah. to be added. And um it, you know, so it, you know, I, I guess it's uh, appropriate that it, it's the last song on the record in that, in that way too. Yeah, well, circa
2: oh, it's called Six Years, uh, parentheses circa nineteen ninety three, uh, but we've always called it circa. We used to we used to play it in Milton and the Devil's Party, but it actually does date back to nineteen ninety three. So it, it's a, it's an old song, but I, I mean I I don't I mean we've always we've always planned on bringing it back and you know record making a kind of official version of it, but there's just something about the feel of this record that made it seem like that song should go on it. Six years stuck on Mars It's been a long time I still think of you when the atmosphere is like I still sigh And oh, what is. About me i mean the song is kind of in the category of relationship song but it would be probably the only one on the whole record Whereas, you know, our first couple of albums were mostly all interpersonal relationship songs, but this one has a wider scope. Mark put it with, uh, you know, kind of our other two sci-fi, you know, songs. I mean, they so there's like this uh, kind of trilogy, mini trilogy. There's uh, Happy Planet, We Are Not Alone, and Circa, which all have elements of space, you know, as sort of metaphor.
0: And, and you, you close the album with the song Another Hope, so um, in a lot of the songs, the lyrics are dire, sort of dark and disturbing, and uh, what is the what is Another Hope? Like, I, it, it's appropriate that you would end the album with that, I think.
2: I have another hope. great or white like a pile of dough. It won't seek justice at the end of a rope and though its shape is not yet fully in sight I know whatever it
1: is, it writes.
0: You, you finish with the lyric, and though its shape is not yet fully in sight, I know whatever it is, it writes. So is that, what does that have to do with hope?
2: Well, Mark wrote those words. Um, And he didn't even know it was gonna be a song, but he posted a little poem that he wrote. And um, I had this kind of uh, funky bass line in in a kind of uh, slow three, four time. And I just got the idea to speak those words over the the bass line and and, uh, beat. Um, And Mark can say more about it, but don't give away too much.
1: Oh. Okay, I was about to give away a lot. <laughs> uh, all right, well, at at the, at the, I, I don't want to upset my 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 bandmate. Um, I, I let me just say this: the, the I woke up one morning and it was it was a, a a morning the morning after a a big event and a somewhat hopeful event in American history in my you know in recent history, and I I had this poem pretty much. Uh, come out like I immediately wrote it down I had dreamed part of it and I added a, I had to finish it you know in a conscious state uh, and I posted it on Facebook and then and then I, I got some likes and we all know how important the likes are and uh, and but then but then Dan saw it and, and he said I let's make a song out of this and I was very skeptical but uh, it speaks to how unpredictable creativity can be it's the lyrics were, were really a product of my unconscious or my subconscious. Um, and, and yet, and then Dan had this piece of music that he had written, you know, which, um, w- was in a ve- another very a, a different context. So it's really kind of an interesting combination of the, of the, the intentional and the, and the conscious with the unconscious and, and it, 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 yeah, it, it I'm glad that the the record ends with with this hopefulness because, as you point out, there is just a lot of darkness. Uh, and I'm not the most optimistic guy in the world, so it's also ironic that that those lyrics would come out of me.
0: I, I would just add the 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 darkness of the themes and the the anger and the angst that, that's that's sort of in the grooves. It's 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 married to this sort of jangle pop. Like, like I'm not saying the music's upbeat, but it's it's like uh, it's a it's a fun record to listen to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not a downer. It's the, not goth. Yeah, yeah. yeah right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Nine <laughs> well, Inch well, Nails or something. You right. know, it's not. It's In it's not, <laughs> it, It's um. It's an interesting marriage between lyrics and music that way.
2: Well, our second album uh how wicked we've become uh is our like kind of biggest widest release because we were on a, a label and it had big distribution and it got some press and it's a pretty dark album and and one reviewer uh coined the phrase uh jangled noir to describe our sound um so i i kind of like that i like that Facebook feed for some stories I ain't gonna
1: to say that the j jam- by the way jim I, I really appreciate your picking up on that, that that the marriage of you know sort of dark uh lyrical content and somewhat uh, brighter music but I, as i've gotten older that the term jangle has begun to wear on me a little bit um because it's kind of the go-to to describe the kind of guitar playing that i do um but like the 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 song to me, jangle, it requires an, an acoustic and electric in the mix that that's sort of the classic thing that I my ear listens for and we really we have some of that on this record but like world weary which I think is a song that people would immediately call jangle pop doesn't have any acoustic guitars on it i have to say like it it has a strummy electric guitar and it has arpeggios but i you know dan used the the word uh, chimey to describe that the sound of that song, and I, I like somehow I like chimey better than jangle. It's it's less tired as as a, mm-hmm. as a descriptor. But having said that, when people think of jangle, they think of REM, they think of the Smiths, and and I'm perfectly. Ha- I think we're both perfectly happy to be, you know, in in that company.
0: Yeah, to my ear, those two those first two songs sound like singles to me. The future sucks and world weary could both be singles well we Uh, did
2: release an earlier version of the future sucks uh a year ago just before the election so it was a single um and it had a a b-side which is our uh cover of the theme to the incredible hulk tv show uh, which on spotify is our most streamed song in, in in our history on spotify um So in that sense, it was a single, but yeah, but now, you know, now we've got 13 of these songs and I guess whichever one we feature on a daily basis is the single for that day.
1: We, why not? uh, The local internet radio station actually played We Are Not Alone yesterday. Yeah. Um and so uh and that I don't think you know that's definitely not jangle. And by the way I have to I have to plug that song. I think that is one of Dan's very best uh, vocal melodies, but I also think it's one of his most um poignant lyric lyrics like concepts. By that point in the record I think, you know, uh, the voice that has, you know, over, that has emerged over the course of these songs is, is just looking for something, <laughs> looking, yeah. looking for some place, you know, some peaceful place to be. And, you know, maybe maybe it's the, these these aliens who are going to come and sort of maybe save us from ourselves, but um, well, we'll probably
2: kill them first. Well,
1: we'll probably. Well, there is that we don't ever totally <laughs> get away from the darkness, but but it, it, do, it does seem to be a very um, I won't say sentimental but there there is a poignancy about about that that song
2: We all f-
1: Those first two songs, "The Future Sucks" and "World Weary." I mean, on my uh, on my phone, you know, on on Apple Music, I those two songs have been had have have had stars next to them ever since the the record came out on October nineteenth. And Dan and I have talked about like what does this actually mean? Like how do, how do those stars get assigned? Yeah. Um, but I, w- I will say that that other songs have had stars and then not had stars the next time I look. But those two songs have had have been starred pretty much from day one. Mm-hmm. So I that makes me think that that uh, it's not just you that feels that way, Jim, that the, these songs sound like like singles.
0: Todd, let's get into a little bit of how, how you made the album, because it was you were this was during the covid lockdown phase and i i assume you you made it all at home you didn't go into a studio mm. had, you had it was a home studio project correct mm.
2: yeah well i um well i uh, i worked closely with our drummer um to to come up with the parts and um you know made sure that the the drums were all rhythmically interesting and could um go well with some cool bass lines i'm really proud of the, the rhythm section on the record but uh, i mean you know some of them like you know mark gave me the demo for uh world weary and he had done it to just a kind of drum machine on GarageBand, and um i just sort of built an, a new rhythm section around that and then he redid his guitar parts um, at his house, on top of the rhythm section that I created, and I continued to edit the drums and bass and other other things, and
1: uh, that's
2: kind of how we did it: is back and forth.
0: You just traded files back and forth. Yeah, you know, the multi-track files.
1: Good old Dropbox. I yeah, you know, I want to I want to mention Pat here again. Uh, yeah. Because Pat, Pat's, uh, I sent this demo uh, which was just uh, two guitar parts uh, a a rhythm guitar and then the the arpeggio part you know with with a drum pattern from garage band very simple and I sent it to Pat and then he you know sent me files back to me with some singing over top of it and then we you know he we kind of and then Dan as he said sort of You know, created this, you know, worked with the drummer to create this rhythm section. And, but I, but I, I want to, you know, give a shout out to Pat's vocals because most of the, of the background vocals, most of the vocals on that song are Pat. The lead vocal is Pat and most of the background vocals are, but Dan is in there too. But I was really impressed with the way Pat fleshed out the vocals. Uh, with these, mm. you know, multiple parts, um, mm. and it's—I've always wanted to make a record like that with lots of of, of harmonies and and stuff, and I'm hoping that's going to be a new direction for us, you know, and in, in, in on future records.
2: And and we should also say that, um, you know, we have had some good good harmonies on our previous records. Pat is a big presence on our first album, and uh, he does some work on our second album, and co wrote with me, I think one of the best songs on that album, then he was doing his own thing with his own band for the third album. Uh, but now he's kind of back back in the fold. Uh, and uh, uh, our, our previous drummer, Bob did some great backup vocals on previous records, but also I want to say Stephanie Davis, mm-hmm. who is also a former uh, Widener student, she sang on our, our third album, you must contribute brain did some great work on that. And then she did some amazing work on uh, two songs on this album mysterioso and uh, we are not alone she's a she's a brilliant singer and a brilliant arranger of vocal parts also my daughter does sing on on happy planet too and she's a very good singer me and people who dream are not welcome here and people who love are not welcome here so i'm not feeling
0: very good at all today that's great where can people listen to your album well i mean it's
2: It's available for streaming on all of the streamers that you can possibly think of. So it's on all of them. You can buy it on iTunes, although I don't know if anybody buys music anymore. You can buy it on CD Baby. And we are doing a small run of CDs uh, just to have the actual artifact. And so we'll probably, I don't know, sell those on eBay or something, (laughs) you know. Yeah, promoting it is the hard part. And I don't think anybody's figured out how to crack that because it used to be that, I mean, one thing that's always true about the music industry is that it is pay to play. You got to pay to be part of the club and get to play in it. And so it used to be what you would do if you're an independent artist, you'd, you'd make your record and then you'd have to hire a promoter. You'd have to hire a publicist. Uh, who would get the get the record to press magazines and, and online uh, magazines and that sort of thing. And you'd have to hire a radio promoter who would get it to the relevant people. And one of the dirty little secrets about uh, a local independent actual on-the-air radio station that does claim to feature Philly local artists uh, is they still respond primarily to bands who have hired uh, radio promoters to get the music to them. Uh, They don't typically just listen to a bunch of crap from, you know, thousands of local bands and um, decide, you know, what to play from that. They, I guess it's a time saver for them too, but it kind of sucks because you spend all this money on the equipment to make it. And then, you know, you spend money on mastering it. You might spend money printing CDs and you you have to spend money to distribute it. But then they have to pay for promotion on top of that. It's just it's just really hard. And even even the big record companies, I don't think they know how to do it anymore either. You got to have your finger on the pulse of TikTok or, or 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 whatever, you know, to to really you know try to have a big splash and i know that our record label uh, for our second album spent a lot of money promoting our record and we did get some press and 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 stuff but we never got rich uh, we never had a a strong enough national response to justify touring for this record we're not able to spend that kind of money because <laughs> we're not a label but it, spending that kind of money may not even be worth it. We just decided to, you know, put it out there. I'll buy some Facebook ads, you know, and, and hope, hope word of mouth helps. But the promoting part of it is really not fun. It's really a drag. It's really demoralizing. So we're going to focus on the fun part and just make another record.
0: so Sometimes you have to depend on the algorithms too. Like, oh, yeah. they're, they're like the new gods. Well, I, if- I think,
2: i think that's what happened to the incredible hulk on uh on spotify it it got algorithm somehow right and the data i saw saw that it was showing up on you know other other people's playlists and you know it was getting played all over the world and i don't know if it's because it had the hulk title in it you know because of the success of marvel movies or i just thought it was a funny kind of cover to do i'm mean, not funny really because i always thought that that old show was very moving at least when i was a little kid you know and that's the the melody for that theme song was so haunting and sad you know I, it, it always just stuck with me but yeah
0: what might happen is people who stumble into the incredible hulk song might then be exposed to this new album yeah. and want to listen to other songs that you've released yeah
2: well, it's 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 almost like it's almost like it used to be, you know, when when I first started playing, where you'd want to be an original band, but you got to throw in some covers, you know, to keep the audience happy, and so it, it does seem a little bit like that's true because, um, you know, we have a cover of "Just Like Heaven" by The Cure, and that's gotten a lot of streams. So I think yeah, some people look for covers, you know, some some people. You know, want to collect all the covers of The Cure or all the covers of The Kinks songs, and they they find our music that way, and may, maybe that's that's going on. And I, I personally love doing covers. Um, and Mark doesn't so much, but I do.
1: Well, I, yeah, I, but I've 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 done I've I've done my part on the cover. Absolutely. You, we we, we you know we we have some that I'm very proud of. I mean, we we did a cover of uh, Olivia Newton-John's Have You Never Been Mellow. And, and Mark uh, did
2: some great great guitar work on that.
1: I really enjoyed, you know, playing acoustic on that and and come I mean, it's still me, it's still my style, but there's a little bit of a different flavor because it's not uh, mm-hmm. it's not an electric uh, part. So yeah, we 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 do the covers and yeah there there are a number of covers that 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 are still unfinished because Dan's still trying to talk me into doing parts for them. But mm-hmm. uh, but we'll we'll get around to it. Yeah.
0: Um, well just to remind everyone, the album's called All the Rivers in Hades. I think you can stream it on Apple Music, Spotify Title, Amazon Music, Pandora SoundCloud. He's also mentioned CD Baby, you can get it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, We hope you all check it out because it's some pretty fine music. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, thanks for joining the English Suite. The English Suite is produced by Jim Esch and a staff of dedicated students at Widener University. Ressa Umarai, Sianna Bowers, Gabby Norris, Chloe DeFlumery, and Courtney Farina. All of today's music was produced by the band Smart Barker from their album All the Rivers in Hades, You can find our podcast at anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcast directories. We would love to hear your feedback, announcements, and suggestions. Send an email to widenerenglishsuite at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.